I'm Trish. And I'm Thaddeus, and you're listening to the Fallen Short Podcast. This week on the podcast, we are talking about Christmas. It is the it is coming up here in just a few short days, and and we're going to spend some time uh, as we did last week. We spoke a little bit about it, and and this week we're we're kind of speaking more about a specific story that's uh, leading up to Jesus's birth. Which Trish, would you say it's like kind of one of your favorite parts of it? Yeah, it's one of my favorite parts of the Bible story, and that's my driving reason for wanting to talk about it. So we're gonna. We're gonna dive in and and talk about Mary and and Elizabeth, and looking in Luke chapter one, Mary's visited by an angel Gabriel, who is telling her, "Hey, you're you're pregnant, right?" And basically, she's like, "How can that happen? I'm a virgin." And so then in verse 35, the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he'll be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. So something that I find really interesting is that when Gabriel also visited Zacharias, Elizabeth's husband, when he was working in the temple, Gabriel basically spoke over Zacharias that his wife, who had been barren and was very old in age, she would become pregnant, she would conceive a child, and Zacharias doubted what the angel said. He said back to Gabriel, how can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. So what we're reading in the story is that Gabriel tells Zacharias that they're going to get pregnant, him and his wife Elizabeth, But because Zacharias questioned what Gabriel was saying and did not believe it because he had doubt, Zacharias became mute. And then, of course, the story goes on that Elizabeth actually does become pregnant. So then fast forward back to where we started with Mary. Well, can I just read this one thing real quick? Yeah. Okay. One thing that I think is really interesting about the story of Elizabeth and Zacharias is that because they were so old in age, in the time in Bible stories, it was such an important thing that you had a child to pass on your lineage to. It was they, your children were your pride and your joy. And when you were barren, it was kind of a shameful thing. So Luke 1 verse 24 says, Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. And Elizabeth had lived much of her adult life in this shameful 
countenance of herself of just not being able to conceive a child and not being able to carry a child into this world and probably felt shame for her husband that she wasn't able to provide for him a child. And so when God miraculously helped them get pregnant and did this, it was amazing. So if we fast forward back to where we started, right after Mary is visited by Gabriel, just a a few days later, she goes to visit Elizabeth. My Bible says that she went in haste. I don't know what yours says. Mine says a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Wow. Right? That she entered the room, Mary entered the room, and then upon seeing Mary, the child inside of Elizabeth leapt, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Elizabeth goes on to prophesy and sing the song of, over Mary. And what is it, Thaddeus? Basically, uh, well, in verse 42, Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. So what I think is so cool about this story is you have two pregnant women, and they're coming together all full of their hormones, all full of their swollen ankles and big old bellies, and granted Elizabeth. Her belly was far bigger than Mary's at this time. Mary was barely showing. She looked like she just had a big dinner last night. But what I think is kind of cool about this story is that Mary actually ends up living with and staying at Zacharias's and Elizabeth's house for three months. So towards the end of Elizabeth's pregnancy. And I just think about this story and I think about what life would have been like for these two women and... The Bible says that Zacharias was actually home. He wasn't working at the temple. He had come home during this period of time. But as we remember when what we read earlier is he was mute. So he wasn't deaf, but he was mute. So he couldn't talk. And I think about these two hugely pregnant women, especially Elizabeth, being just very far along in pregnancy. And I think about poor Zacharias having to listen to these two ladies giggling up a storm, complaining about their backs hurting, having all sorts of weird emotions, highs and lows that you have with pregnancy. And I think about how Zacharias is just sitting there probably thinking, oh, Lord, he probably spent a lot of time in prayer, honestly. But just find it really funny when I read this story. It is one of my favorite parts of of the Christmas story, of the story of Jesus coming to the earth, because... I love looking at the sisterhood. I love looking at how these women needed each other to get through this. Because when you think about the shame that Elizabeth had for much of her adult life with not being able to have a a child, and then you think about the shame that Mary must have been walking in where she was pregnant and she wasn't even married yet, and how they both were coming together and they both were in their society and their culture living in shame and and now these two women, they are coming together and they're, they have this hope and this promise inside both of them. They both, are, they both are knowledgeable of what God is up to. They're both knowledgeable that Mary has conceived the Savior of the world. And 
this person who is coming to rescue that Israel had been waiting for, the Savior. Mary was holding this child inside of her. Zachariah couldn't even go tell anybody. And those two women just knew and the joy that they must have felt and the hope in their hearts that they must have felt that the savior of the world was with them. He was in the womb. He was being knit together inside their wombs. And then to have John the Baptist, who was another powerful man of God, be knit together inside of Elizabeth's womb and how God chose these two women to do carry forth this promise to the earth and how they found each other and they walked through this together. And to me, it's just, I think of that. Don't mom alone. Like don't go through life alone. Have people with you who are going through the same things you are. And I just think it's kind of cool when you just think about the stories and what it must've been like for them. I think it's awesome. And I think it's, it's cool to like, think about, okay, Gabriel, visits Zechariah and then Gabriel visits Mary, right? Same angel. And then John the Baptist. I could be wrong, but I think he was the angel that visited Daniel, but that's beside the point. John the Baptist, (laughs) when Jesus enters the room and I'm saying John the Baptist and Jesus, they're both in their mother's wombs at this time. Yeah. When Jesus enters the room, John the Baptist knows. Mm Mm-hmm. And jumps for joy. Well, and the Bible does say, like, earlier on in the scripture that when the angel is telling Zacharias about this child, he does say that your child will be filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. So whether that was that moment or not, I'm almost certain it was, because if that's the same moment that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, it's probably... Don't quote me on this, but it's potentially the same time John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit and... Just probably the Holy Spirit rushed through both of them. Right. And and then later on, Zechariah gives a prophecy, which he's not speaking again. So after John was born, it doesn't say that he got his speech back immediately. It talks about, it was like eight days later. Yeah, when they for, did like the circumcision or whatever. Yeah, and, and people were like, well, you should name him Zechariah after his father. And Elizabeth says, no, we're naming him John. And people were concerned. And so then Zachariah got them to get him a writing tablet and he wrote it out. His name is John. And then he could start speaking again. And then Zachariah gives a prophecy about Jesus coming. And within that prophecy, he says this to John, and you, my little son, will be called the prophet of the Most High because you will prepare the way for the Lord. He will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. And what's interesting is it talks about Elizabeth kind of going in seclusion for five months. Mm -hmm. Mary comes to visit. She's with her for three three months. She's with Elizabeth for three months. Right. So if the timeline fits and we do, and if I do the math correctly, one, two, three, plus five, plus eight, six, yeah. eight months for Elizabeth and Mary leaves, right? And assuming it's nine months about for John the Baptist to be born, he's born and, and it's not like Mary's there with Jesus still. And then we, we don't hear about John and Jesus meeting until 
John baptizes Jesus. Right. And so it's, you know, he goes in his public ministry to prepare the way for Jesus. So and it's I'm just sure interesting because it's like, there's that connection and then, and then they're, they're separate ways yeah. until and, adulthood. And you imagine like Zacharias and Elizabeth probably spent all of John the Baptist's childhood preparing him and training him up like, Hey, this is the, the coolest thing. This is your birth story. This is how you were conceived a miraculous conception. And then they were able to like train him and no teach pressure. him about, yeah, about what his future holds. And it talks about then John lived in the wilderness until he began his public ministry. And we see in other places in the Bible where it talks about him being just kind of a wild man, right? And free spirit. We I like John the Baptist say. so much, we actually named one of our children after him. So it's pretty cool. And it's just interesting because he has this amazing ministry, right? Where he's known as John the Baptist because he's baptizing people, right? He was just John before, right? We know him as John the Baptist. And Jesus comes along and John baptizes Jesus. And we don't know other than what's written, but was John like completely comfortable with like almost think of it this way. He's all, he's got this reputation and people are starting to follow him in a way. Right. And then, Oh, here comes Jesus to take, take the spotlight. Like, right. And he freely gives it. Like he tells his followers that, there's someone greater than him. Right. And it's just, it's just interesting. I, I wish there was more written about John the Baptist, mm-hmm. honestly, to know more about his ministry before Jesus, just because we, we get a glimpse, right? but I feel like I, I just wish there was more. I feel like there's more that we could learn from him by reading about more of what he did. So last week we talked a lot about the prophetic that happened in the Old Testament before Jesus was born. And now this week we segued into talking about the prophetic that happened once Jesus had been conceived and how God was speaking through people throughout history of what his promises were and what he had ordained and what he had planned. And people struggled with doubting what God was up to, you know, like Zacharias, like there were people who were hearing from God and hearing about what he was going to do and still struggled with it. And that same God who spoke throughout the old Testament in what we read last week in Isaiah and this week, what we're talking about in Luke is the same God who still speaks to us today. And he is still ministering. He's still offering hope and promises and he is still looking for people who are willing to be obedient to him. People who are willing to, like Mary, almost walk in this humbleness and having to step out, be countercultural, be pregnant with a child that she did not conceive in marriage, but yet to help fulfill the promises of God. And what well, little ways is God challenging us, I guess, to be that? Well, and if you look back, the doubts, right? And 
people doubted God. They've doubted God forever, right? Adam and Eve. God gave them everything and said, just don't eat from this. And they more or less doubted God, like, oh, it's not going to, you know, doesn't matter. And and then, but then going forward, like, think about, like, you know, delivering the the slaves out of Egypt and the promises that he gave them. And then they had to wander through the wilderness because they had doubts. And all of a sudden, Moses' brother, Aaron, and others, you know, gathering gold and making idols and and just all throughout history in the Bible. But even, I mean, today, right? Well, when you read those stories, the common thread is to walk in those promises, like you have to go through a trial. Like to walk in those promises, you have to know what. But I don't think you, like there are trials and those promises, you have to stay true to those promises, even if you're going through a trial. It's not necessarily you have to go through a trial, but when there are those trials, that you still walk in that promise. Right. And not it's like doubt. that season of refinement and becoming closer to God. God allows us to go through these things so we can find him in those times. And he's going to provide, just like he provided for the Israelites. He didn't let them starve. Mm-hmm. They got sick of the food that he gave them. Right. Right? But he wasn't going to let them starve. And And it's the same thing, you know. He sent Jesus to be able to then sacrifice his life on the cross for us. Now we have that ability to accept him into our lives and and to walk in that promise that, you know, the promise of Jesus, promise of saving us, the promise of it doesn't matter what you're going through. He's there for you. So all that in the nutshell, I would say that... God is in those places in our lives that are full of interruptions, full of surprises, and he's seldom in our plans. I doubt Mary had planned that she would get pregnant before she was married. And I doubt Elizabeth had planned that she would get pregnant at such an old age because God is a God of miracles. That's what he does. He's a God of the impossible. That's who he is is and he's not in our plans he doesn't fit in what i think the world should be like but he lives in this other realm he lives in this place where he's just a marvelous awesome amazing god and he works in ways that we can't even comprehend very seldom is he in our plans and the bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the lord so in the season of of thinking about what our will is for our life as we're planning out 2021 and what the things are we want to do, just like we experienced in 2020, we had an interruption. And that going into 2021, be prepared for the interruptions. It doesn't mean you don't ready yourself. It doesn't mean you don't find ways you can be faithful. But what it means is when those interruptions happen and when those times of surprises happen that you look for God in it and you allow God to do what only he can do. And so let's be like Mary. Let's be like Elizabeth. Let's be like Zacharias. Let's, let's walk forth through this season with great expectation for who Jesus is in our lives. And, and as you go into celebrating Christmas this week, if that's something that you do, and it may look different this year for you, maybe it won't, right? Depending on, 
on how you and your family are are doing things this year with with COVID nineteen. But as you celebrate in however way it is, just remember, it's not just about the presents. It's not just about the food, the cookies, the sweets. We wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't for the fact that Jesus was born. It's a celebration. So is it cool to get gifts? Yes. Is it cool to give gifts? Yes. God gave us Jesus. We give Jesus our heart. He is all we need. So if you've enjoyed this episode or any previous episodes, uh, please let us know. Uh, Subscribe, share share it with your friends. You can email us if you have any comments or concerns or questions or prayer requests. We would love to pray for you. And you can email that to info at fallenshortpodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Thaddeus. And I'm Trish, and we love you guys.